0: Hello, and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and on the other line, Bill Bishop. Bill, how you doing? I'm good, Andrew. Good to see you. Good to see everybody. Uh, another
1: uh, another week has gone by, and uh, all I can say is I now like football again since the Commanders have a new owner and they actually won a game. That's as ugly right. as it was, as ugly as it was.
0: One and no, a whole new era in Washington <laughs> D.C. Um yes, it's great to have football back. We were just lamenting the loss of Aaron Rodgers uh on Monday night. Although to your point, three plays and 70 million dollars, not a bad I th- yeah, deal for I think Aaron He's got a 70 like
1: something million
0: dollar guarantee, so that's uh uh anyway. He should okay, be OK. Yeah. That's the point. You know, there are silver linings in that particular. Cloud. Well, the poor
1: guy, the injury sucks, but there are a lot of jokes on various social media about like how maybe ivermectin will help with the foot injury. But but it well, doesn't because they yeah. use for
0: horse like horse orthopedic injuries or something. I actually don't know. Um, I've memory hold that entire episode. Maybe we Although, should delete this. We don't want to get the email. <laughs> no, the, the jokes in general just confirmed why I spend less time on Twitter. It's all like the same joke over and <laughs> yes. over again. None of them are particularly clever. And um, I've had enough after, you know, a 10 to 15 year run. Yeah, I haven't media. I haven't
1: tweeted in uh, almost three weeks. That's right. Toronto, I- it's, you know, I still look at it occasionally, but it is interesting how you you, you can actually strip it out of your life and, and you go back and you're like, holy crap, this is just crap.
0: Yes. Well, I'm following you on Substack Notes. Listeners out there, you can get on Substack Notes. You're one of the few people who posts useful content to social media. So your absence on Twitter has been felt by me because you post useful China news and, uh, Photos of Ta- Tashi. Photos, photos of which Tashi. Are very important to me. <laughs> so um, everybody, go check out Substack notes. No, thank and you. As for this particular platform, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Some fun Biden comments. Uh, another disappearing cabinet member. More spy news. Uh, but we'll start with the weekend of she, as we talked about last week. Leaders from the rest of the world, superpowers spent the weekend at the G20 summit in India. She was not there, and he was instead touring northeast China. I would assume, Bill, that this was a deliberately chosen itinerary as counterprogramming to the G20. Was there any particular significance to where he was this past weekend and, and what message he may have been trying to convey or... Could it have just been a general sign of his commitment to PRC domestic affairs? What do you think?
1: Uh, no, I mean, you know, he he goes on uh, many inspection tours each year and they're all are thought out um, with very specific agendas. This one, uh, you know, was quite the juxtaposition with sort of the G20 and, you know, the original expectation he would be there and set his premiere instead. And then he goes to Heilongjiang, which is um, up near the border of Russia. It is, um, you know, parts of the breadbasket for China. It has a long history of defense industry. It has a long um, history of economic problems. They've been talking about this sort of revitalizing the the northeast of China for uh, since before Xi Jinping came to power um, because it was really sort of the rust. It's kind of like the rust belt of China in some ways. If you think about mm-hmm. like Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, and it has – Uh, The economy hasn't been doing great for for a long time. So this was about sort of the themes really about revitalization, but then also about food security um, and other, I mean, all sorts of security, right? I mean, they really, um, from the readout, I mean, they list out sort of the high level priorities. And so around security, the keys were ensuring the security of national defense, food, ecology, energy industries, Right, so right. you've got you know heavy presence of SOEs, heavy industry, uh, heavy presence of national defense. He visited a university in Harbin. He visited a research lab that does a lot of work around. I think it's around um, um, it's naval research. And then, of course, you have food security because of the um, uh, being one of the bread baskets of China. And then you have sort of ecology. It goes back to we talked about it a couple months ago. He went and did sort of the desertification you've got water you've got i mean there's all it's just it's but again it goes back to sort of this focus on security security security
0: right yeah that that's the the takeaway i had reading from the readout was this is juxtaposed with him not being at the g20 and it seems like the emphasis here is on fortifying china for further isolation from supply chains around the world and potential conflict and it it is consistent with different themes that she has been striking for the last year now, um, but particularly poignant this weekend as the rest of the world was meeting in New Delhi.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, the the, the theme of hardening is, is of course, we've talked about, and that is absolutely, I think, only intensifying. The G20, the messaging out of parts of groups or people affiliated with government or state media is also, though, that because the G20 is really a, a body that talks about international economic and financial affairs, that The logic that the premier would go, the premier is titularly in charge of the economy, makes more sense. And Mm -hmm. so we're still back at where we were last episode. We don't really know why she didn't go. Uh, I don't think he didn't go because he was going to Heilongjiang. I think he could have easily rescheduled that. This just happened to be that he fairly regularly goes on these inspection tours, and this was a period where – it just fit into his schedule. And these are these are things where the premier doesn't usually join him. And so other officials join him. The premier doesn't. So the premier goes and does the foreign stuff, deals with the probably a bit annoying meetings with Modi, potentially with Biden. Uh, right. And she he can focus on the these domestic issues, which I think is, again, I don't think he didn't go because of domestic troubles, but uh, there certainly are a lot of domestic issues he has to deal with. And so this is just, he's continuing on his normal domestic schedule. There That's you go. That's what it looks yes. like.
0: Well, uh, speaking of his schedule, another big story from the past week and um, a variation on the theme of the PRC potentially retreating from engagement. The Wall Street Journal reported that China will not be sending Wang Yi to the U.N. General Assembly. And I'll read from the journal... As recently as late July, Chinese officials had indicated to their U.S. counterparts that Foreign Minister Wang Yi would participate in the U.N. General Assembly, which starts on September 19th. While in the U.S., the officials said, Wang would potentially travel to Washington for detailed discussions to prepare for Xi's trip to San Francisco later this fall. Um, And so this is another indication, or it could be an indication, it's being interpreted as an indication that She may not attend APEC in November, may not meet with Biden at that forum. What do you make of this particular development?
1: So I think it's too early to make that interpretation. I think, you know, I've certainly talked about the newsletter. I think we talked on the podcast where, you know, the Chinese and and this is not this is not a new approach where they may be trying to play hard to get to see what if the Biden administration is really eager to have she come, then maybe they they'll do more things to make the Chinese side happy. Uh, my understanding, I mean, first of all, sending the vice president, he's a former standing committee member, uh, sending the vice president Han Jong is, is within protocol. It, it is certainly part of his job, part of his role. And so for most mm. countries, it's not at all a, any sort of a snub. Um, and in terms of the U S China bit, uh, certainly, Wang is here. You know, without Wang Yi is the person who would deal with the U.S. China with, with getting the making the preparations and the negotiations to pave the way for a visit by Xi Jinping both to San Francisco for IPEC and and a meeting, you know, whether or not it's a summit or what they call it uh, with President Biden. Uh, my understanding is that uh, in fact uh, Wang Yi will probably be coming to the U.S. in early October. Um, ah, and so, okay. so that is a sign. And I talked to the newsletter. I mean, if he doesn't come in October, then that's a problem for the, the prospects of a Xi Biden meeting and Xi's attendance at APEC. If he does come in October, now you have to remember when Blinken went in June, Qing Gong was still foreign minister. There, there was an announcement that then Qing Gong would reciprocate with a visit to the US. Obviously, Qing Gong isn't going anywhere except probably, we don't know Prison, actually, but potentially somewhere. Um, depending, you know, rubber, rubber walls, prison, we don't know. It's, but somewhere he's something he's not coming to the US. He put it that way. Um, so, you know, Wang Yi then, of course, now he's gone back to his old job and part as foreign minister. So he's taken he's, he's taken over Gong's job he, you know, as a sort of reciprocate the blingy visit, he was supposed to come anyway, and then, you know, over the summer or early fall. So I think it makes sense if that's true, that then, then Wang Yi shows up in October, then that is actually a sign that there is still a reasonable possibility that she is going to come in, in November. And that I think ultimately, I I, I really, you know, I, I can see how the Chinese might want to negotiate and sort of see what they can get out of the Biden administration. But I, I think it would be shocking if Xi Jinping didn't come to APEC and didn't want to meet with Biden. It, it would be... Uh, it would just be really, uh, it would be a really bad sign for the state relationship. It's not impossible, but I don't think. I think again, the Chinese. You know, some people think, "Oh, well, she just doesn't care anymore." I think that's wrong. I think he very much cares, and so this would then, if you know, Wang Yi comes in October, this will then be a sign that they are trying to work towards a meeting. You know, one thing you got to sort of feel bad a little bit. Some might for for Wang Yi is that you know, he worked pretty much all through the Beidaihe break when everyone else was at the beach. Mm. And then uh, if he comes and say the first week of October, well, that's the national holiday week where the and they they're combining it with the Mid Autumn Festival this year. So I think most people there's like nine or ten days of vacation. But he's going to be they're just going to send him to work. No,
0: no break from (laughs) Wang Yi, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, but that's interesting that there's a possibility of an early October visit because the idea of him skipping the UN General Assembly coupled with the cryptic post from the MSS last week was enough to convince me, like, okay, so she is seriously considering skipping this. Um, but maybe much ado about nothing if Wang Yi is gonna be here in a couple weeks, regardless. Um And, you know, I'm curious, as far as the considerations on the PRC side, why would it be such a mistake for she to skip the meeting with Biden? Like, why is this important to both sides of that potential meeting in November? All right. And that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to cynicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes, along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus.